Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. So would Draymond's suspension actually galvanize the Warriors in a Game 3 tonight, or is it just over, Johnny? It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're in for Greeny on your smart speaker as well. Presented by Progressive Insurance. So Draymond Green suspended one game. In case you didn't hear Steve Kerr's response to it yesterday and his reaction, here he is. Extremely surprised, immediate into, all right, what's next? How do we win the game? We know what the league decided to do, and, and we have to respond accordingly and go out there and go win the game. I've said it many times, we, we don't have a single championship here without Draymond Green. He's crossed the line uh, over the years. That's part of it. We will go to bat for Draymond and, you know, go to battle with him every day of the week. See, I, I like the fact that he acknowledged, yeah, he, it's amazing what he does for us, but yeah. he does cross the line and it does cost us every once in a while. And that to me is exactly what happened here. Uh, surprised that he got suspended. We went through this on our show yesterday, Canty and Carlin, three to seven on ESPN radio that um, I, I personally thought he should have been. You did not think he should have been, but here we are. Now, at a point where you've got the Warriors in Game 3 at home where they're exceptionally good this year. For as bad as they've been on the road, they're great at home. Mm -hmm. And they've got no Draymond. And you've got the Kings, who are up two games to none. And for me, I can make the argument there is just as much pressure on the Kings to win tonight as there is the Warriors. Because the last thing I want to do is give that team any kind of life. Yeah, you, you got to be careful with Golden State because this is a team that has championship pedigree, but things have to change for Golden State in order for them to be on the right side of this. First thing up, you got to stop turning over the basketball. Yeah, They've gifted the Kings the number one offense in the league and the number one rated offense in terms of uh, points per 100 possessions. They've gifted them 41 points on 37 turnovers through the first two games. Big fella, it's hard to be able to, to – to play winning basketball when you're giving away so many possessions and you're starting so many fast breaks for the opponent. So that's the first thing. Second thing that has to happen, Steve Kerr is going to have to step up. There's a reason why Mike Brown got voted unanimous coach of the year, first time that's ever happened. It's because he's done a damn good job, and right now he's coaching circles around Steve Kerr. So we need Steve Kerr in the absence of Draymond to be the difference in a positive way for this team finding a way to be able to pull out game three even though they're shorthanded. Those two things have to happen if the Warriors are going to climb back into this series. So Warriors this year with Draymond, 562 win percentage. Without Draymond, 333. Led the team in assist blocks and plus minus this season. All of that. Listen, we know what his impact on this team is. Yeah. What is your confidence level in the Warriors winning game three tonight at home? If you want to give me a percentage chance you feel like they have, keeping in mind that as I look at Caesar Sportsbook right now, they are six-point favorites to win the game. Yeah, I'm pretty confident that they'll find a way to get, get one or both of these games at home. They say a series doesn't start until the road team wins. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think there's any reason to panic, although this is unfamiliar territory for Golden State. They've never been in this position in the Steph Clay Draymond era of Warriors basketball. So I, I think that's going to be interesting to see how they respond to being, to being an underdog of sorts going up against the Sacramento Kings. You know, the it's Mike- a different mentality altogether. Yeah. And that's the part that's interesting. How they flip that switch, especially without their emotional leader in Draymond Green. Well, what have we knocked the, the Warrior, or rather the Kings for all season long? They don't play any defense. No. Right? 
How they much play, of, they play in defense this series, though. This is the point. How much of Mike Brown's influence here, having spent the time he did with Golden State, is having an effect on just how to defend the Warriors? I think it's it's huge because he understands what they want to do, what they're philosophically trying to accomplish, uh, the X's and O's of it all. So, yeah, I, I do think that insight gives Mike Brown a decided advantage. But if we're keeping it a buck, the, the Sacramento Kings are a carbon copy of the Golden State Warriors in terms of what they do on the offensive end, and they use their pace to create better defense for them. And what I mean by that is they play downhill on opposing off, opposing defenses and that puts so much pressure on people, and they score the basketball so much that they're forcing opponents to take the ball out of the basket as opposed to taking the ball from a rebound off of misses or turning the basketball over. So I think that's the difference in terms of why we're seeing the Sacramento Kings come up with stops and why it's been so hard for Golden State offensively to get it going. So think about this for a second and how crazy this is when it comes to betting on these series. Mm. To tell you what Vegas thinks. What's up? This is from Caesar Sportsbook, okay? To win the series right now, Sacramento up two games to none. How much of a favorite do you think they are just to win the series? If you had to put a number on it. To win the series. In other words, plus or minus on the money line. I would say they're minus, I'm going to go minus, minus 250. They are only minus 175. Really? Yeah. Golden State is plus 150 to win the series. Down two games to none. On wow. the flip side of that, wow. on the, just to show you how absurd that is, Phoenix and the Clippers. 1-1 one, one series. 1-1 one, one series. How much of a favorite do you think Phoenix is? I'm going to say Phoenix is minus, I'm going to say minus 110. Phoenix is minus 290 to win the series. What? The Clippers are plus 230, which makes me think maybe we got to get on board the clip joint. I'm telling you, that seems like that's great value. I mean, it's. But that's awfully disrespectful to the Kings, though, isn't it? It is. I mean, you look at the rest of. The, the teams that are up two games to none, and they're, they're, you know, they're out of whack. Yeah. You know, that's the only series that you're up two games to none, that's and crazy. they still don't believe in you. That's but they, Because of who you're playing. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, and you would still expect them to feel confident if you're Golden State because they have been there before. No doubt about it, but what's also going to be interesting in Game 3 is to see how it's officiated, right? To see if the refs try to get control of this thing Mm -hmm. because it got so out of whack, because they gave the flagrant two to Draymond, because they suspended Draymond, and they gave the technical to Sabonis. Sabonis now has a target on his back, right? Yeah. Like, not only are the refs watching it, but the league office is watching it. Especially at the Chase Center. There's been some borderline (laughs) play from Sabonis Throughout the regular season, but also in these two games in this series. Let's call it what it was. There are a couple dirty plays. Dirty plays. I mean, go back to game one where Draymond Green is on the ground. He's trying to get up and get back on offense, and Sabonis is literally holding him down. Yes. The refs don't call a foul. And and then, not just the holding him down one, how about the one where he's standing up and he has his arm wrapped around him to prevent him from running down the floor? it's, it's, It's really incredible what he's been allowed to get away with but that's going to end here in game three. And so I, I'm interested to see how chippy the refs allow game three to be because you know that Golden State's going to come in there with an edge back in their building, home crowd behind them, role players typically play better under those circumstances. What do the refs allow 
in this game from a physicality standpoint and a chippiness standpoint. I think it goes a long ways to determining who wins game three. Here's Kendra Andrews, ESPN NBA reporter who is around the Warriors quite a bit. They are confident, right? As you said, they're back in Chase Center. They've been much better here in San Francisco than, than on the road. And they're also confident that they'll be able to play well without Draymond. This isn't the first time they've had to play without Draymond, not just this season, but in the playoffs. Of course, he was suspended back in 2016. He was ejected from a game in their series against the Grizzlies last year. The team feels that this could really fuel just a surge of of focus and energy, and that's what they're counting on as they start Game 3. You know what would be amazing is if they win Game 3, you talk about an absolute zoo at the Chase Center once Draymond is back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a place I would want to be. Like, yeah. I would want to know what those tickets are going for. Listen, this is, this, is, this is the best playoff series, man. Oh, absolutely. This is the best. I mean, I, I, I get that the Kings are up 2-0, uh, but this has been – the games have been back and forth. And, and although you didn't see the amount of lead changes in game two that you saw in game one, it certainly was a game of runs. Because both teams had moments. It was tied in the fourth quarter. It was tied at 93 at the GP2 hits that corner three ball. So, I mean, this is going to come down to the wire in all of these games. And if you're the NBA, you've got to be ecstatic about it. That's why I have so much of an issue with them suspending Draymond. Because I don't want potential discipline of a player being the deciding factor in such an evenly matched series. All right, let's bring in Cam and and Bubba for a second. Boys, do you agree? Has this been... Even though the Kings are up two games to none, has this been the best series so far? Bubba, what is your take in the NBA playoffs? Um, yeah, I, maybe. I guess, I mean, the the uh, Suns one's been pretty fun, but yeah, pro- probably the best. I mean, just because with the Kings and how fun that uh, you know home court has been, probably the best. Dynamite drop in, Bubba. Right? <laughs> He's the best in the business. <laughs> Cam, what do you got? I think uh, basketball-wise, Suns-Clippers has been the best series. This one has definitely been good. If the Warriors win tonight, I think it will be best both in terms of the drama uh, and the basketball. See, Cam, just he, he has to be a contrarian. He has to be the yeah, contrarian of the He's group. got a little bit of that in him. Yeah, Was that that, that different than what, he's that, he's what you guys guy. were saying? He's, he's that guy. I mean, he basically said the same thing I said, too. So just I more mean, concise. Yeah. Well, but listen. Oh, I mean, was, more was, concise. Was, was, oh, was, game, was game two really that, that dramatic Clippers' sons? It wasn't. No. Devin was good Booker comeback. went off in the third quarter, and that was it. It just Once we got to the fourth quarter, we knew who was going to win. The first thing I said about it yesterday was it looked like it was supposed to. Yeah. That, that's, that's what happened in that game. Um, yeah, you just I think mean, about the drama, the storylines, the history with Mike Brown and the Golden yeah, State Warriors. The grazing of Sabonis. Yeah, right, like, yeah. come on, man. Oh, you guys <laughs> missed this the last yeah, few that's days. The thing. We got to get, get on this for a second. You're right. What's up? Bubba has basically been – how do I put this nicely? He his whole mentality about this is hey, Sabonis just basically suck it up. That was nothing. That was, there's no way Draymond should have been suspended because he quote, as you said, Bubba grazed him. Please right. lay out your case. Well, I, I will say I've kind of come around a little bit more on the suspension is okay. Based on his after the graze antics, because mm-hmm. the stuff he did to the crowd and all that stuff yeah. was, was worse. So I'm more okay with the suspension, honestly, because of that stuff, because that that wasn't great. And the more we keep seeing the replays, that stuff wasn't great. <laughs> I am you. I will never be convinced that Sabonis is was in any pain and that there was barely any contact. To me, it was the equivalent of a wrestling stomp 
where they stomp down and they use both feet. And, yes, the right foot barely makes contact, but they also use the left foot, and it sounds way worse. And for Sabonis, yeah, he's questionable for a time. Yeah. Guess what? He's going to play. <laughs> yeah. his, his sternum is perfectly fine. He's going to play. He's going to be out there. Shockingly, the x-rays were negative, and uh, he's going to be fine. So, Yeah, to Bubba's point, the very next play after the stump, Sabonis dunked the basketball. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's going to be fine. Like, uh, What's the award they give to, to the actors on, actresses Oscars? on Broadway? The Tonys? Oscars? No, the Tonys. I'm talking about on Broadway. On Broadway? On Broadway, on Broadway the Tonys. The yes. Tonys, yeah. I mean, we need to give Sabonis a Tony. He yeah. was also chest bumping with his teammates after the win. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, uh, the sternum like contusion. Something you wouldn't want to oh, do. He was a, and I love Mike Brown, too. He was able to battle through and practice oh, and because please. of that, he's going to play in great three. He's probably going to make it. Like, come on, stop. I, I told you, somebody Stop. put it to me the other day, right before the suspension was, well, I, I don't know if he's going to be suspended because, you know, now Sabonis is out of the ICU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. But Bubba's right. I mean, as bad as it looked, it, it did have a Stone Cold Steve Austin stomp view, too. Oh, I was there for it. I mean, if Sabonis has the gall to grab and twist the man's ankle, then, yeah, yeah. the least Draymond could do was stomp on him. But I'm with Bubba's. The reason why he got suspended, whether Joe Dumars and Adam Silver want to admit it or not, were the post-foul antics. After they issued the flagrant two, doing what he did with the crowd, with the commissioner with a front-row seat, like that has a lot to do with the math in terms of the discipline that they handed out. The only issue I have with that is them not acknowledging that and them not issuing a fine of some sort to Sabonis, too, because he's the one that instigated the entire incident. Cantia Carlin in for Grinny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. What if quarterback? What if a quarterback completed four out of five passes? Well, you can play at that level with ZipRecruiter because four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Up next, it is the game that is sweeping the nation. It is known as Kenny or Canty, where only one man can provide the answers to the questions that we will ask. And he will do that next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for Greeny. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money that's right 100 times your money With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit
deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Greenberg. Code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. We're headed to Kansas City for the draft. Canty and I, along with Mike Tannenbaum, Ian Fitzsimmons, and uh, Jordan Reed will be hosting all of the coverage on ESPN Radio next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of the draft. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just saying to the boys during the break, I was talking to a friend who is from Kansas City and trying to get the rundown on the food. Which is the most important scouting report that we need on draft week. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, he's, he just said, listen, you can do anything you want. You go to Kansas City, ribs are the thing. Just, just get ribs no matter what you do. And my only issue is here, because these, at least Thursday and Friday, it's at night. Mm-hmm. I can't go and have, like, barbecue at lunch. Because Kevin James said this once at a comedy special. If I have that kind of a heavy lunch, I'm like a bear shot with a tranquilizer dart for the rest <laughs> of the day. <laughs> there is no chance I could have anything that's not uh, a medium to light lunch oh, and no. be, be available not, to I'm survive through five hours of rounds two and three. I'm not doing that to myself. I'm going to enjoy myself. That means that I'm going to have a relatively early lunch, probably talking about 11, 30, 12 o'clock, and I'm going for the Kansas City strip steak. I'm going for the rack of ribs. I'm just going to go for it. So that's a three-hour nap you're getting in. Exactly. <laughs> that is my game plan. And I'm going to be shot out of a cannon when the draft kicks off. <laughs> it's not a bad game plan. No, Eddie. that is the game plan. And I've executed it before yeah. in different cities. I that's did the draft call. in Philly. did the draft in Nashville. I did the draft in Dallas. Same exact game plan. So I know you're a rookie to this, so you're trying to figure everything out. Yeah. The biggest thing that I need you to contribute is the food places that we need to hit. Okay. I'm on that. I got the schedule. Yep. You find the places. Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for Greeny. It is the game that, as he likes to think, is sweeping the nation. It is, too. I shouldn't say it like that. It is. Such a hater. Kenny or Canty. The question is simple. Canny or Canty? But only one man can answer. All right, hit the music. Let's roll. Can Trey Lance be the starting quarterback on a playoff team? Kenny or Canty? I'm going to say he can. It's got to be case-by-case basis. I don't think he's for every team. But when I look at the teams out there that are drafting in the teens or in the 20s that are looking for an upgrade at the quarterback position, why not Trey Lance? If you're the Washington Commanders, why not throw a call into the San Francisco Mm. 49ers and see what's up? That's a team that's a run-first offense. One of the reasons why Kyle Shanahan drafted Trey Lance was because of his movement skills, his ability to not only throw the ball, but to be a threat and, dare I say, a focal point in the team's running game. Adding Trey Lance to the commanders with the skill position players that they have, Curtis Samuel, uh, uh, your boy Terry McLaurin, and then also Jahan Dotson. Yep. I mean, you have to love 
the weapons that he'd be able to work with and Trey Lance being a weapon in and of himself. So the commanders feel like a team that's a quarterback away. Why not take a stab at Trey Lance? Can Jalen Hurts win the NFL MVP award in 2023? Can he or can't he? He can. If he stays healthy, I think he will. With the weapons that they continue to put around this guy and the contract that he signed, it's going to give Howie Roseman a lot of flexibility in terms of what he can do. And locking in cost certainty on the eve of the NFL draft is going to be huge in helping them formulate a draft plan. They've got two picks in the first round this year, one of which is the top ten. Would be surprised if they don't get Jalen Hurts even more help. Can Dak Prescott be the next $200 million man, can he or can't he? He can, and I don't think the Dallas Cowboys or their fans are going to like it, especially from a quarterback that's turned the ball over, count them, 32 times in 18 games across the last two seasons. Is that a lot? That's a lot. And so, yeah, they're going to have to pay him because he's got a $59 million cap hit in 2024, in order to bring that number down, that means you got to give him a contract extension, give him more money. Can Anthony Richardson be a week one starter in the NFL in 2023? Can he or can't he? He can. And everybody that's saying that he needs to sit and learn, stop yourselves, okay? I mean, the best way to get better at football is play football. And the one thing that I will say, because Anthony Richardson is so adept at being able to run the football, You can standardize defenses with the zone read scheme and the quarterback being able to run the football. The threat of the quarterback running the football is going to slow down defenses. It's going to make them more vanilla, and that in turn will slow the game down for the quarterback in terms of what he's seeing in real time at the line of scrimmage. So, yes, Anthony Richardson can be a week one starter. Can Max Scherzer avoid a 10-game suspension? Can he or can't he? I'm going to say he can. I think Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred's office will review this, and and they'll say to themselves, we can't justify a 10-game suspension for Max Scherzer. So I think ultimately what ends up happening is there's much ado about taking him out of the game, kicking him out of the game yesterday, but this sends a – this is a warning shot from the league and from the officials that they're not going to let pitchers go out there with sticky stuff on their hands. I can tell you this, he will not go quietly if he's suspended for 10 Oh, games. no. I'm, listen, if we're rooting for the show, we're rooting for that. Yes. Can Aaron Judge eclipse 60 home runs again this year? Can he or can't he? He can't. Listen, I think Aaron Judge is going to have a fine season. Maybe he hits, you know, you know, somewhere between, you know, somewhere around 50 dingers, but I, I don't see him being able to double down and go back-to-back 60-plus home run seasons. It just ain't going to happen. That's not how baseball works. Can Kevin Durant outplay Kawhi Leonard tonight in L.A.? Can he or can't he? Yeah, I think he can. I mean, if we're keeping it a buck, I think Kawhi has outplayed Kevin Durant in both games this series. Now, a lot of that has to do with the double teams that Ty Lue has been throwing at KD. Monty Williams took a page out of that in that game in certain spots in game two in double-teaming Kawhi. We'll see if that can hold up, but yeah, Kawhi Leonard has now reestablished himself as the best two-way player in basketball. Can Mike Brown lead the Kings to the NBA Finals? Can he or can't he? He can't. Mm. He can't. And as much as I love Mike Brown, and as great as a story the Sacramento Kings are, I just think there are too many teams in the West that have that playoff experience. I mean, you look at the Denver Nuggets. Jamal Murray shot 40 points last night. Uh, in, in their win over the Timberwolves, they look like they're back to the team that went to the Western Conference Finals out of the bubble. You got the LA Lakers that they're going to have to deal with. You got the you got the Phoenix Suns. I, j- I just don't see I don't see a world where the Kings are the team that gets out of the West. And finally, can LeBron James accept Dylan Brooks' challenge to score forty or more points in Game Three? Can he or can't he? He can, and I think he will at some point during the series. It's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be Game Three. But it will happen in this series. I'll tell you what, that moved along nicely. 
take you behind the scenes. We like to keep the pace going. That was well done. Well, it's because you bullied me. You're sitting there giving me the hand gestures. Wrap it up, B. Like, yeah, let's you, put a you, bow you, on this. You, you I don't bull- need a four-minute dissertation on it. That's well, all. I mean, listen, it's, it's, it's canny or canty, right? Not right. Carl in, Carl out. It's, it's my segment. Right. So, so I can give the length of answer that I want to any question that I please. You just should be happy that it's me telling you to wrap it up as opposed to Bubba. Because I mean, it gets a little ugly. You, you guys can say what you want. I'm going to stop talking about a subject matter when I get good and damn ready. All right. That's yeah, let's fair. wrap it up. <laughs> Coming up. And, and here's what's great about that. Bubba, in saying that, is talking to me. Up next are the two best teams in the West playing each other in the first round. Wendy joins us in moments on ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Greeny, the podcast. Offensive board for the Grizzlies. They lead 96-88. At the right wing, Brooks. Three-pointer, yes! Dylan Brooks with a triple. His first round series, best of seven, tied at one game apiece. You need NBA information. There is one place to go. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for Greeny. Coming to you live from the seaport, brought to you by Gray Goose. We welcome in Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA insider. You see him on first take. You see him on the NBA today throughout the week. You see him on Get Up. You download the Hoop Collective podcast because you want to get smarter on the NBA, and I've never been happier to sit in traffic than to listen to Brian Windhorst and Bam McMahon and Tim Bontemps go at it because it is great stuff. (laughs) Uh, First up, though, Wendy, we appreciate a few minutes. Um, No problems with the neighbors today, I would assume, as you had the other day in a hotel room uh, when you were on Get Up and apparently one of the uh, rooms right next door not too happy that you were doing a live hit at 6 (laughs) a.m. Yeah, yeah. Um, I learned the hard way that that particular hotel apparently has thin walls. And um, the the individual who, uh, I mean, I'll just be honest with you. It was a psychotic scream. <laughs> uh, it was a psychotic scream. And it didn't come over. I don't think it came over the air because nobody said it, but I sure as heck heard it. And so it it did what it was meant to. And by the way, it happened twice. Oh, twice. I got the message. Okay. I got the message that third time there might be other repercussions, and so I, <laughs> I piped right down. That's where I'm going and checking the locks on that door <laughs> immediately. Wendy, let's get right to it. So, which Lakers team is the real one? Uh, the one we saw in Game One, the one we saw in Game Two, or somewhere in between? Well, unfortunately, that's the Lakers. I mean, they're they're yeah. they're, they're the seven seed for a few reasons. One is their roster was so flawed for most of the year. 
but they but they are they're inconsistent. You know that they are a flawed team, and you know as soon as they heard that Ja Morant was out last night, to me that would have been the green light to put their throat on the Grizzlies in this series. Um, because if they go up 2-0 going back home, even if Ja comes back, I just don't see them losing four out of five with the home court advantage, the double home court advantage, frankly. And um, instead, they came out very passive. I mean, they had to know that the Grizzlies were going to play with their season on the line because it was. You know, the same thing happened the night before to the Knicks. The Knicks were in Cleveland. They win game two. They know they got the series. The Cavs played like it, and the Knicks just weren't ready. And so to see the Lakers come out, it's it's human nature to see Anthony Davis take a passive stance like he did. And look, Memphis was double-teaming him. Memphis was bringing pressure. Their number one priority on defense was to get Anthony Davis uh, uncomfortable. But, you know, the Lakers have to be prepared for that. They have to have counters. Their number one priority has got to be to have Anthony Davis dominate with the advantage that he has. And they failed. And because of that, their, their, their hold on the series got a little bit looser than it was, than it could have been. Wendy, what did you make of Dylan Brooks trying to goat the goat last night with his postgame comments about LeBron James being hold? Well, I think it's a trap. And I was just on first take and Stephen A., and Jay Will were just encouraging LeBron to come out and, and uh, get right back at him and go, in, go into his chest and teach him a, a lesson uh, Saturday night in L.A. And I said, Dylan is having champagne for breakfast because, number one, he's the topic of conversation on the highest-rated uh, show. And, two, he, he's got Stephen A. and Jay Williams doing his work for him. Mm. Because the way that the Grizzlies win this series is by de-emphasizing Anthony Davis and emphasizing anybody else, whether it's Austin Reeves, whether it's Rui Hachimura, whether it's LeBron. Even LeBron. You know, last night, LeBron took nine more shots than Anthony Davis. And it was, in fairness, it was partially because of the way Anthony Davis was playing. It was probably smart at one point to just go away from him and let LeBron do it. In game one, where the Lakers won, Anthony Davis took one more shot than LeBron. For them to win the series, it's got to be an AD-centric series. So when Dylan Brooks says, I'm not going to respect you until you score 40, he's drawing attention to himself, but he's also goading LeBron to get the Lakers out of the game plan that, that favors the Grizzlies. And so I think LeBron's too smart to fall for that, but... I, I also think that it's also human nature that you want to shut up the, the, the guy who's talking at you. And so we'll see what happens on Saturday. Yes, because what Dylan Brooks does is... I pull bears. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Windhorst, is host of the Hoop Collective podcast. Check it out throughout the course of the NBA playoffs. ESPN NBA Insider with Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Uh, the Grizzlies, the last two years, we know that they were really good without Morant last year. This year, it's evened out a little bit more. What is that about? They have been consistently over 500 the last two years, or 33 and 17 overall during that stretch without Morant. Yeah, a few, yeah, a few reasons. Number one, they're a great home team. They have the best record at home in the league this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they just they passed the, the Nuggets right at the last week of the season, so they're great at home. So if you're if you're a great home team, then you have that. Secondly, they're deep. You know, they've got a deep team. You know, this team has not elected to really build through trade at all. They have generally built through the through, uh, through the draft. And they've, when they've made trades, they've, 
they've picked up draft picks for doing it. And so um, they've stocked their roster with draft picks, like uh, Xavier Tillman, the guy who was the hero of last night. He was a second-round pick three years ago that they've developed. And, you know, that was the game of his career. He may never do that again. Uh, but, you know, they have that, they have that depth. And number three, they're a good defensive team. They were the best defensive team in the Western Conference uh, when when uh, Jaron Jackson came back from his offseason injury in uh, it was November or early December. They were instant. So when you defend and you have depth and you're good at home, you got a shot to beat anybody. I mean, we saw the Bucks last night without Giannis beat the Heat, and they did it because they were at home and they have depth and they defend. Same concept. Wendy, I know we're getting ready for game three tonight between the Warriors and the Kings, and the focus for the Dubs will be on the absence of Draymond Green. But what needs to happen for Golden State to climb back into this series against the Kings? They've got to get better looks from the perimeter. So the Warriors, all these great three-point shooting teams they've had over the years, they were never more potent from the outside than this year. They broke their team record, the NBA record, for threes in the season this year. And in games one and two, they missed almost 63 pointers combined. Now, some of that was because they just missed open looks and, you know, pressure on the road and the ball rattled out or whatever. But a large part of it was because the Kings really pressured them on the perimeter. There are times, particularly late in the games, where Clay Thompson and Steph Curry really struggled to, to get clean looks. And that's at the bedrock of this Warriors team. When Steve Kerr came to the team, he designed an offense that was completely free-flowing where Steph is constantly passing and relocating, and they would run those elevator door plays, and they would run the the split action. All of it was designed to create open looks for the three-point shooters. They've gotten tens of thousands of open looks in the last decade. They haven't been able to do it against a team that's not very good defensively. Uh, the, the Kings were much better defensively, particularly at home. They were, they ranked, the Kings ranked 29th in home defense this year. It's almost a shocking stat. And they were smothering the, the Warriors in the perimeter. So regardless of, of Draymond, regardless of all that, they got to hit some threes. And, Wendy, I'm just curious because you talked about how the Kings have seemingly flipped the switch defensively in this series. How much of that has to do with Mike Brown's familiarity with the Golden State Warriors system under Steve Kerr, seeing as how he spent time there as an assistant coach? I think it's not so much the system. I think it's his familiarity with the personnel. Mm -hmm. And what he believes is is that his team is younger and faster, and that team is older and slower. And so he said, guys, we're going to have the gas down on these old dudes from the, from the tip till the horn. And you can see it. You see them just, I mean, they play with a quick pace anyway. They were the league's leader in, in scoring offense this year because they played fast. But in the playoffs, typically just the nature of the game slows it down, especially if you're inexperienced. If you're inexperienced under pressure, you tend to slow down. Uh, Mike Brown has very clearly been saying run run these guys out of the gym. And that's what they've done. And that speed has made a huge difference. And so um, I suspect that as the series goes on and the pressure comes up, that keeping that speed up will be difficult. But again, I wouldn't have figured they would have had so much success with it the first two games. So maybe I'll be wrong. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider, host of the Hoop Collective podcast. Knicks are back in action tomorrow night, Game 3, as the playoffs return to the Garden. Uh, 
obviously a very disappointing performance in game two. How do you handicap this series right now with Cleveland? Yeah, so, you know, the Knicks' huge advantage is is their bench. And in game two, uh, the Cavs' bench kind of rose up a little bit, particularly Karis LeVert. Um, and if you watch the Cavs throughout the season, you, there were sort of two different types of teams. There were nights when their couple of bench players would hit shots and they would look unbeatable, and there were nights where their bench players would be awful like they were in game one, and it came down to a slugfest as game one did. And so... This is the exact opposite. The Cavs play like it's 1997. They play with two big men. They sometimes will play with three non-shooters on the court. Like, their their typical starting lineup, and we'll see if J.B. Bickerstaff sticks with it, is three guys who can't make a three. Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, and and Isaac Okoro. Now, I say can't. Okoro's percentages look good, but he's not respected, and he hasn't hit any in the series. Um and so their game plan is to turn it into a, a physical game in the mud, get the uh, get the uh, the scoring down. I think the Cavs are something like twenty four and one this year when they hold their opposition under a hundred points, which they did in game two. And you know they lost game one one hundred one to ninety seven. Had they gotten a few more stops in game one and held the Knicks under a hundred, they might have won that one. So the struggle here is going to be, you know, can the Knicks bench? you know, exert their will because um, the, the, the previous three times the Knicks had played, the Knicks had won three in a row. Actually, they'd won four in a row against the Cavs. The bench dominated. And, and can they get that scoring up? Because, it, because you can just flat out outscore the Cavs. Uh, it can be done. And I expect the atmosphere in the Garden tomorrow night to be wild. It's going to be it's a late start. It was 8.30, Friday night, in the Garden, playoff game, chance to win the series. I mean, not win tomorrow night, but chance to grab a hold of the series. It could be an op- a night to use the home environment to overwhelm the young cast. Talking with ESPN senior NBA reporter Brian Windhorst on Greeny. And Greeny, speaking of benches and scoring in pivotal game threes, we're getting set for another one of those tonight with the Clippers and the Suns. And the Clippers bench has outscored the Suns bench 64-23 to in the first two games of this series. How is that going to impact what we see the rest of the way between these two teams? Yeah, so that's one of the things here that I would sort of circle um, is that Monty Williams really doesn't have a choice. You know, this is the, sort of the, the backside of the Durant trade. Their bench has been hollowed out. And he's been running 9, 10, 11 guys out there, not because he's got a big rotation, but because he's searching. And in game one, there was a couple of times when he had four bench players and one starter out there, and quite frankly, the Clippers trucked them in those minutes. And so uh, what ended up, what Monty did in game two is he just played the hell out of his starters. Durant was at 44 minutes. Booker was at 44 minutes. Chris Paul was up in the high 30s. Um, DeAndre Ayton would have been even higher, but he had some foul trouble. Um, and this, this series is crazy in terms of it's tight, in terms of its uh, lack of rest. The Clippers and Suns will finish game four before the Lakers and Grizzlies even play game three. Wow. So not only not only do they have they immediately play today with one day off, then they play Saturday at twelve thirty Pacific. Oof. So one thing to keep an eye on there is whether the heavy minutes are start to wear on the shallower team. Now the the top end talent favors the Suns, and Durant hasn't even done anything yet. He's had two pedestrian games. Um, one thing I will say though, in favor of the Suns, Ty Lue in games one and two, specifically the first half of game two, 
He was, guys, he was running. He was like an old junk ball, knuckleball pitcher. <laughs> Every single time down the court, he ran a different defense. I was looking to see how they were calling them. I couldn't, I couldn't tell. It was different every time. And it, it's what you do. You just junk up the game. And so the Suns finally said, enough is enough. And Devin Booker took the ball and said, all right, I'm going to run things. And Point Booker, he had 38 points and nine assists. Wow. Uh, in, in the third quarter, uh, he had tw- uh, third 23 points. And so it was very, that's what they got to deal with. Wendy, we got to go. Great stuff. We appreciate it. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast. 